Welcome to Mind Your Mind. Mind Your Mind podcast is for busy people like you who want to enjoy life and free up their time and emotional space by learning valuable tools for self-care and mindfulness. Our weekly topics are filled with compelling discussions and practical solutions to increase your productivity and healthy living. I'm your host, Joseph Tropper, and I'm honored to have you here with me today. Hey guys, welcome to episode 62. Let's talk about something I get a lot of questions about, long-term relationship conversations. I'm going to give you seven of them. Seven things that I believe should be discussed with anybody that you're trying to form a long-term relationship with. Now, at what point do you ask these questions? I don't know the answer to that because obviously these are not first date material. But um, at some point when things get serious, it's, it will be good to have a conversation about these things. Now, do you have to agree with me on all of them? No, not at all. And probably many people would not even agree with me on the last one. But I still have it in there and it's food for thought, whatever you're comfortable with. Um, the issue you'll run into is if you agree with me on some of them, like one, five, and six, but then your spouse wants to talk about, uh, you know, two, four, and three. Um, so obviously in any relationship, there's always some give and take. And I believe that a healthy relationship is one where anybody can talk about anything that they want or need to talk about. So I think that what I'm trying to point out here in these seven long-term relationship conversations to have is that at some point, it's responsible and healthy to have conversations about these things. Now, these items might change also for some people, but overall, they're good foundations and a good place to start because if someone wants a long-term relationship, these are probably some of the top things that are going to come up and are going to make a huge difference in the relationship. Now, uh, one big caveat, and then I'll jump right into it, is that... um, Oftentimes, people have conversations like these, and there's a lot of misunderstandings. So uh, be careful that if you feel like there are some misunderstandings, uh, don't be embarrassed to reach out for support and help from either a therapist or uh, someone that is in a competent position and understands these matters well. And the second caveat is that sometimes people change their mind. Now, everyone has a right to change their mind. However, there are certain fundamental things. For example, let's say you had a conversation about you know, religion and someone changes their mind. So these are going to be very, very complex things if someone changes their mind. Or children, as we'll talk about. Someone said, you know, you both agreed you uh, didn't want children, and then someone changes their mind. So these are these are very big deal, sometimes even make or break items. Um, but the bottom line is that usually if you follow the rules and you get to know each other and you trust each other and you understand each other and you're decently compatible and you're both reasonable, compassionate people, then very often these things can be worked out. Now, it doesn't mean that uh, both of you are going to get what you want, but it just means that there's a good potential. But as you form a long-term relationship, I believe these are seven things that will be discussed and better understood. Number one, friendship and dreams. And to me, this is one of the foundations of the relationship. Are we having a good time with one another? Are we bringing out the best of one another? That's what a friendship is all about. Do we care about each other? And can we share our dreams with one another and listen uh, to the other person's dreams and feel heard that the other person is listening to my dreams and hearing what I want, and uh, we could both support each other in that. And this friendship and and dream part, to me, is the foundation of a healthy uh, short-term and certainly a healthy long-term relationship that makes things work. Now, people have different dreams throughout their life, that's true, um, but oftentimes some of the fundamental deepest dreams and aspirations and some of the fundamental longings for partnership are certainly there. And I think it's very healthy to have conversations about these things. Like I said, I'm not going to tell you when or how frequently. Um, I could tell you there's a certain amount that's too little, which is ignoring it and putting it on, brushing it under the rug and thinking 
these things will be all be okay without talking about them. In my experience, I've seen that to be the case. And I can tell you that someone that obsessively is constantly bringing up things, even though they already discussed and agreed upon, that's also too much. And that person should seek help for their insecurity or whatever else is going on there. Maybe there's something else that's underlying that, that they need their partner's support on. But overall, this friendship piece of just let's have a conversation about what we enjoy about each other and the dreams that we could share with one another is, to me, the foundation of this relationship and one of the most strongest uh, determining factors as to the longevity of the relationship. Number two, this one you're not going to like, finances. Um, and finances mean, let's talk about money. Let's talk about expectations. Let's talk about division of responsibility. You'll see I talk about um, family upbringing later, but this is something that oftentimes ties into it because maybe in your house you had both your parents worked and maybe in uh, – and your spouse's house, uh, only one parent or neither parent was employed for whatever reason. Um, and this will profoundly impact expectations, maybe for the better or for the worse. Um, conversation about finances are very important. Um, they often are conditional and have other things. But for example, I know a couple that they were both doctors and they were both pursuing uh, their, um, you know, their own careers. And each of them felt that the other one was supposed to be supporting each other better uh, emotionally while they dedicated most of their time to their practice, and this came to a really, really ugly head. And when I met with them and I spoke to them, they basically said, yeah, we never really talked about it. We just kind of assumed it would fall into place. Well, things don't fall into place. <laughs> uh, things crash into place, and things just got brushed under the rug. So we had a lot of um, unwinding to do. But just don't be afraid to talk about finances. Talk about debt, how much each of you owe, how much uh, you want to stay out of the debt, and your financial goals together. Um, certainly as a couple gets together, and stays together long term, there's a lot of financial ties. Maybe you'll buy a house together. Maybe you'll buy property together. Maybe you'll get married and have legal connections as well. So this is really important. I specifically did not put sex on here. I think that's part of friendship and dreams. And again, that's something that does change with biological things and time and age and other things. But I do think it's healthy to have a conversation about that. But to me, it's not a vital aspect. Um, if it's an issue in the relationship, then it's something that should be addressed. Um, if someone feels guilty or someone feels like they're not getting what they need, that's something that needs to be talked about. Couples that are able to talk openly about topics, even uncomfortable ones, um, are the ones that succeed. Couples that brush everything under the rug and can't talk because of guilt, obligation, demands, uh, withdrawal, and other dysfunctional things should seek help because that is not uh, the foundation of a healthy relationship is open communication and the ability to interact with one another reasonably. Number three, after you talked about your friendship and dreams and maybe your sex life or other things, and after you talk about your finances, financial goals, financial um, expectations, financial debt, financial savings, etc., talk about, number three, your argument style because it's not the fights that destroy the couples. It's how you fight. It's not what you say. It's how you say it. And um, if, for example, one spouse is uh, has an anxious attachment style and they constantly need to feel connected and don't want to feel uh, abandoned, and the other one has a avoidant personality style, which is very common, that about 25% of people have an extreme on, on either of those, um, and they're constantly withdrawing from the relationship and feeling like they need space and they need individuality. This is a compatibility issue, which we'll get to, which is the next one, but but just the argument style as far as what you do. You want to look out for Gottman's for um, Horsemen of the Apocalypse, which is criticism, uh, contempt, which is a disrespect for each other, which is the most unhealthy one in the relationship and my experiences. If you're telling me that your partner speaks with a lot of contempt, it's very often the case um, that uh, it's a mutual thing that you're both speaking with a lot of contempt and that needs to be taken care of immediately. 
it's very easy to defend yourself and say that I'm being mistreated and that's why I'm speaking that way, but often it just exacerbates the problem and you should seek help immediately if there's contempt. Uh, defensiveness, which is kind of um, denying or being upset that you're even blaming me of doing something wrong, and uh, stonewalling, which is I refuse to talk. Now, in my experience, when you have healthy people, everyone does a little bit of these things, but healthy people know how to draw their partners back in and show that it's safe and know how to get their needs met by communicating uh, what they are asking for from their partner. Unhealthy people, one or both, um, these things just escalate and become worse and worse. And again, my big theme for a long-term relationship, especially, is don't be afraid to seek help when you need it. There's plenty of good therapists out there that actually know what they're doing and can be very, very helpful. So your argument style is really important. Don't think that you understand it fully. It's really, really important to have an open conversation about how we argue and how we try to stay out of the red in the arguments. Number four is compatibility. Ultimately, you might have a good friendship. You might talk about finances. You might seem that you're on the same page. Your argument style might be there, and it might be compatible. But are you, in general, compatible? Do you both feel that you're gaining from each other, that you're growing with each other, that you have uh, the ability to have a partner in life with, with one another? Uh, there's just so many components to this compatibility, but I, I don't want to underplay it. It's just so important to talk about what is vital for you in the relationship. Now, these are not conversations about demands where you give a list of these 10 things that I need and, you know, listen, I'm staying with you because you're 5 out of 10 and I'll just settle because I don't want to be lonely. That's your own individual therapy and your own individual guidance. And as I've said many times, the healthier the people guiding you, the healthier you are and the healthier the relationship can be if you both have healthy guides and you both are working to be healthy people. Um, but this discussion of compatibility is really, really important. Number five is childhood experiences. We cannot undermine uh, and underplay the significance of our childhood experiences. They make us and they break us and everything in between. And it's just really important that you both be open and honest with each other about what you've been through because these things influence you um, as far as how you feel strongly about certain things. Um, and the things that trigger us are often very, very deep-rooted childhood uh, matters. And the more we're in touch with it, the more we can address it, and the more we can find safety and security in our spouse instead of projection, dysfunction, distance, and discord. Uh, number six, a very, very important thing, and I think most people will probably agree with me on all of these top first six. The last one, some people will argue with me, and that's okay. You have a right to, but certainly these six, I think you'll agree with me. Number six is children. Uh, in long-term relationships, people are often talking about marriage, which I didn't put on here on purpose because it is what it is. It's whatever you guys discuss. Um, but certainly, uh, there'll be a question about children. And preferably, uh, you should be on the same page, whether whether or not you want them, how you would raise them, what the style would be, what the expectations and the vision would be. These are really, really important conversations. Now, in functional couples, um, everyone understands that there's a little flexibility on these type of things, and we're constantly renegotiating these things in a healthy functional relationship to, to some small degree. We're constantly just understanding one another and seeing what the needs are and, and dealing. In dysfunctional couples, um, the um, we just get so many um, – we just get so many people that are complaining that, oh, you lied to me and you told me this and you told me that. Every person has different needs at different times. So – it's a very thin line between what's a lie and what and what is a, um, uh, you know, just things changed, etc. Now, I'm not advocating for, again, someone making a big life decision and then saying, you know, oh, I changed my mind because there are certain things. For example, if I've, I've worked with a couple where they had a closed relationship and then one of them changed their mind and said they wanted an open relationship. Now, uh, the statistics are that, that 90% of the time it doesn't work. And for some people, it's a make or break in the relationship. And that's fine. Each person has to decide. Um, 
but the bottom line is that a, a, a massive change of something like that in religion, in ideas, um, in uh, division of responsibility can sometimes trigger a lot worse problems. So the couple needs to work together, be friends, and uh, try their best to be amicable with one another in the relationship and always building and respecting one another. Uh, but having a conversation about children, do we, yes or no, two children in general, how would they be brought up? Um, health, how we deal with health, how we deal with schooling, how we do with, deal with religion. These are all really, really important conversations. And most importantly, just style, parenting styles, because you're different people and different backgrounds, and your childhood experiences are certainly a factor here as well, and your uh, desire uh, to be a parent um, and that style is, is something that you're going to feel very strongly about if you do have children. Um, so those are the top six. The number seven, which could be argued whether it should be discussed or not, is and this is my opinion because of what I've seen, listen, 50% of all marriages end in divorce, so talk about divorce. Now, I don't mean to say that you're making a prenuptial or even saying, let's say this doesn't work. I don't mean to say that. Although for some couples, they're okay talking about that openly. But talk about your view, your idea about divorce. And this one, I, I, as a therapist, I've been very helpful in uh, some um, premarital counseling. Just to have an open conversation about attitudes, ideas about divorce. And especially if you're planning to have children or share assets, um, these are really, really important factors that having a conversation about it could just give you more insight about the person that you're with. I mean, nobody nobody gets married with the intention to get divorced. Most, I should say, no functional normal person gets married with the intention of getting divorced. However, the bottom line is that I think that having an open conversation about attitudes about divorce and other things can actually help bring the relationship closer. The general rule is that if you have two people who are willing to make it work uh, and willing to work together, uh, you could be very, very successful as long as you are reasonable, compassionate, and accountable. Uh, the problem becomes that when people are not reasonable and people are not compassionate and people are not accountable and there's vilification and other dysfunctional things going on, then the relationship becomes impossible to be saved. So I hope these seven conversations will help enhance your relationship and open up new vistas of connection, deepness, and closeness. Yes, there's a lot of fear and uh, abandonment and betrayal and other opportunities of, of disaster in relationships. However, uh, there are many opportunities of beautiful love, connection, and ability to stay uh, with each other and grow with each other. And you and I both know many, many beautiful couples who have lived together through challenges and through great times and uh, are there for each other, and they are role models for us in the healthy, functional, and empowering relationships that we are all looking to create. I wish you the best of luck, and I hope these conversations help facilitate that. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to mind your mind. For more practical ideas and to make sure you never miss an episode, visit us at mindyourmindonline.com.